Tegan Nylander, Brown Line Platform. Tegan sits eating dinner, an apple and a peppermint patty, surrounded by plastic bags. Not exactly groceries and not exactly everything a necessity, but quite a haul to manage and an errand accomplished. They'll be deposited, the bags, on the three-by-three patch of vinyl floor that constitutes the apartment's foyer. Nothing will be put away. When something is needed, it'll come right from a bag for weeks until a few random things anchor each of the otherwise empty vessels to the floor. Michael Schubert, brown line. Muscles pulse, boards the train with intensity and a casual sense of threat. Surrounded by a force field that ironically asserts too much willingness to touch. Get too close and you'll end up fighting or fucking and it'll feel unsettlingly like the other one. D-boards, pumping legs, all pistons and urge. Kip Whelan, platform transferring to the orange line. Woo! Another big win day for Kip. And now that business is done, it's time to take that same winning attitude over to personal business. Let's chat. Conversational partner, if you are here with me and not just on the other end of this call, you'd really appreciate my confident, sunny body language. Just stay on the line. I think without business of any kind to do really well, I may slide into a really really dark place. We all need people. Meg Sylvain, Orange Line. Good to be on the way. Meg's strategy is to pack a roller bag only full of dirty clothes so that when she gets home, she can do a lot of laundry there. And then when she gets back at the end of the long weekend, it will be with a bag full of only clean clothes. It's a lot easier to do them at home than on campus. It might kill her parents to hear, but it's one of her favorite reasons for coming home. That and to get away from the roommate. This year would have been easier had she gone with luck of a draw. Benson Giegler and Terrence Stutes, walking the concourse to Midway. Ben and Terry are both trying to seem comfortable to the other one as they amble toward the airport. They're both a little intimidated by the trip and what to do. But they ought to feel comfortable, even if they don't know everything. They clearly have each other. Michel Benoit at Midway Security. Michel just lets it all ride now. Every airport does it different, and sometimes the same airport does it different. Did you see that bin? The one with the confiscated stuff? A drill? A bottle of orangish pink condiment? and some other stuff. They're not worried about whether I almost tried to walk through the thing with my shoes still on. Doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter to me. Buzz Quumby, Midway, Concourse A. Buzz's whole thing says, I'm the king. Just ask my little friend. We're taking this thing nationwide. Meg is at my gate. Is Meg on my flight? Do Gainsborough. Midway gate A16. It was easier for Do not to shower before coming, but she'd have to admit it's left her a little wobbly. It's like a hungry feeling, even if she's not actually hungry. 
Maybe that's why I do bought something to eat. Overpriced. Overpriced and now kind of lurching from side to side while powering forward to grab a seat. The headband disguises the story is what Do is thinking. Although she also keeps kind of wondering if she's actually smelling herself or if it's this place. Richard Swarve, boarding flight 530 to Columbus. Richard may have blown it. It's supposed to look effortless, casual, majestic, but effortless and casual. That brunette quaff, that wave of richness, but Richard touched it just a little, but it felt like checking it. And nothing effortless or casual ought to require monitoring or even adjustment. Maybe no one saw, but Richard had a moment where he saw, he noticed, and now he might be thinking about it a little harder than not at all. Mangrove Pedersen, Flight 530 to Columbus. Mangrove has a pretty rough and tumble look for the industry of attending flights, but a well-worn hand can come in useful these days. The uniform is in the book, one of the 20 that's permitted. How he buttons the shirt is up to him. The sky is a river, and if he's going to wade through it waist deep, He's going to need to breathe. Heidi Bulge, deplaning from flight 530. The long day came at Heidi fast at the end of the short flight. Everything had just been the clockwork steps required of taking a flight before this. The waiting here to get off the plane, everything seems so hot. And it's a human heat, so it feels hotter and gnarlier than heat without blood. Heidi just wants to get home and drink a glass of water in front of her plants. Oof. That guy has a haircut like a head wound. Mark Gross, Columbus Airport Bathroom. Mark had to burst off the plane, had to get to the bathroom, needed just the right stall. Mark is oozing, spiritually, maybe physically. Mark wonders if his buddy is still... Not happy, but not trying to get out of letting him crash uh, on the couch at his second place. Mark is in a haze. Jibby Han, lift pickup. So this guy pronounced Jibby's name right. Well, great. It feels like he's trying to give himself a Nobel Prize over it. Let's get into silence. We'll both be a bit happier that way. Silent gliding along the road is a pleasant way to slice into the night. I tipped Jibby, but in tipping him, I accidentally didn't rate him, and it won't let me go back and rate him. So he's unrated, but tipped. So I guess the tip is better than being unrated, but oh, I feel awfully anxious and guilty about forgetting to rate. Clavia Gorman, Blackwell in lobby. Clavia handles the keys, but not the keyboards. That's for the co-workers between whom she hovers. Clavia holds a tiny manila envelope, just big enough for a key card. It's satisfying to slide a key in as it will be to slide in those thick wool socks and select another classic off the shelf waiting at home from the collection of classic novels inherited from an erstwhile aunt. Perhaps tonight will be The Trumpet in the Salon by E.B. White. E.B. White.